0: We're live. What's up? What is is going on, guys? This is Millennial Money. Thank you so much for joining us today. I got the intros today for us, and uh, we have Andre Jick here, who is uh, an absolute master of not just magic, but finance. He's amazing. Check him out on YouTube, over a million subscribers. I got a magic trick for you, Andre. Okay. I want to see it. You ever seen this one before? $2, and then no no $2. (laughs) <laughs> pretty cool <Nice>. right <laughs> we have we have Graham like investing
1: in, car, in Tesla tonight basically <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> we have we have Graham Stefan here who's an absolute legend on YouTube he's got so many millions of subscribers that I couldn't even add up that 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 much it's just ridiculous and Graham just for you I uh got this here today okay just to kind of get your blood flowing <laughs> oh. a little bit bring a little intensity out <laughs> thanks and then And then up top, we have Meet Kevin, who is an absolute beast on YouTube with well over a million subscribers, and he keeps you up to date and things that are going on the market stimulus so much. But that's the cuddly part, okay? You know, we've got to talk, okay. We have we, you know, this is a family, we got we got issues to address, okay. Tattooed chef, tattooed chef. What is going on here, Kevin? Okay, I am hearing so many different things. Oh, we lost Kevin. I don't know what happened. The whole thing cuts out.
1: (laughs) Uh, Here we go, Kevin. Where do I start with
0: this one? Okay, so Dropbox, okay. You know, uh, that was a stock I, I heard you were against, Dropbox, okay. Then, tattooed chef comes out next thing you know i'm getting a ton of people in the comments saying oh kevin you know he he, he's selling out a tattooed chef he's not a fan of that one then all of a sudden today i'm hearing you're selling out a voyager i'm like wait a minute wait a minute that's my newest stock i'm like what is
1: going on here man we've got things to address clearly you also also used your screen name you put meat m-e-a-t yes Yes. that's last last week a little suspicious (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh you know that was uh that was a coincidence as as odd as that sounds uh, because i have to log in on a private browser to do this stream yard so i have to type in the name manually every week uh and that's also why it took me a little longer because i have to do all the settings manually every week and uh and i'm like oh i'm just gonna see if anybody catches this and literally the entire last week's stream we had nothing but meat emojis the entire like hour and a half i'm like Okay. I should change my name at this point, but I didn't realize I could change it during it. But yeah, no, that that was unrelated. But what's what is interesting, or was it? But what is interesting is where where are all these rumors coming from? You heard that I, I'm anti-Voyager? I mean, where do we start? Do we start at uh, Dropbox? Do we
0: start at Tattooed? Do we start at Voyager. We, we, we yeah, we can start wherever. I think we should start at tattooed because that is the main issue. Tattooed chefs, mm. the main issue. Um, where from what I heard. You know, and I hear these things on the Internet and the Internet's never lies and is never wrong. Right. So what I hear in the comments section on YouTube is that you have a disagreement with tattoo Chef management now around how much money they're spending on advertising. And so you want out of the stock. <laughs> what is going on here? What's the truth?
2: Yeah, well, I think the truth is Jeremy wants to change the freezer aisle. I want to change the future of energy in the world. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, I had to. No, they, they, here's the reality. Look, Tattooed, I think, is it's it's a great company, good company, somewhere between good and great. Uh my concern is we've got untested advertising. When a company spacks, you get like six months of free advertising. You get everybody who's invested in the stock that all of a sudden converts their diet to tattooed chef. They go to the freezer aisles, they pull all the stuff out of the, the freezer aisles because they don't want to in a pandemic go to the freezer aisles 10 times in two months. They want to go once in two months. So they empty the freezer aisles. They throw it in their cart. They're like, oh, snapshot picture. This will be cool on Discord. Uh, and and uh, you're moving on. Now, I've, I that could be hyperbole. It could be, you know, whatever. That doesn't matter so much. The concern I have with Tattooed Chef is uh, we have an untested advertising model, right? They've gotten off a great start with SPAC advertising, which you get a lot of free press with SPACs. And uh, we don't know how their digital ads are going to look, sound, perform the messaging of this company we don't we don't know those things. We don't know if uh, their ads are going to convert or work. They've got to build a brand. not only do they have to build a brand, but then they have to they have to actually convert people. so you have to have those two types of ads. How they're going to do that with a company that, look, they're 20 years old, the company. They've got the manufacturing in place. They got the vertical integration. I think that's wonderful. I don't know why they have to source their veggies and stuff from Italy, but I'm okay with that. They've been doing that for 20 years and they've done it successfully with their private labeling business. So I'm cool with that. Uh, I'm concerned though about we're basically investing in a brand new brand. It's food, which is notoriously low margin. Maybe they have a unique advantage because of their vertical integration, but they're not an advertising company. So we're hiring a different company due to do the ads. And personally, I'd rather have uh, in, in this last kind of crisis we had here, I'd rather be concentrating into companies that, in my opinion, are going to see uh, you know, more potential for growth than, uh, than a tattooed chef. And I'm not saying tattooed chef's not going to grow. And I want everybody in tattooed to make money. Don't get me wrong. I still yeah. have about $70,000 in TTCF locked up that I can't sell.
0: But anyway, I'll let you respond. <laughs> the, the the products are moving though, Kevin. With no advertising, the products are moving. These aren't just all shareholders running out to Sam's Club and Costco and Walmart and Target <laughs> to buy these products, right? These are just people. I hope not. Yeah, and, yeah, and you know, Target just announced a deal with six new SKUs coming in Target. Like Target doesn't just do that for companies, you know, unless they're pretty dang confident and they're going to move volume, right? And so this is where I kind of I'm kind of like you know this company's growing 40, 50% top line. It's not like this is some like boring food company like that. You can't put them in with Nabisco and craft or whatever. So, you know, that, that's kind of where I'm a little, you know, in this changing of diets is something that is massive. And I believe is something that's staying to more plant-based diets, um, and less food, um, that is pure meat products where, you know, I grew up in a family where we ate meat every single night, pretty much. Right. I think this is we're in a changing diet, and um, I, I mean, I would love to also hear Graham and, and Andre your takes on what you think about plant-based foods. If this is ever something you guys even think about in your own lives or whatnot, but th- that's kind of my pushback to you, Kevin. Is this is not just some plain Jane boring food company? This is high high growth and uh, innovating faster than any food company I've ever seen in my life, bar none.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I love no, I frozen foods. I gotta say. I think just in general, people are moving to healthier options. I think the FDA too is really leaning to. They, they, they're taking out sodas, I think, from from schools. Or I guess they they've done that a while ago. But I think in general, we're going through the healthy push right now. And yeah. as far as healthy foods, you know, I, I'm a big uh, advocate for frozen meals. I love them. I actually went to Trader oh. Joe's
3: today and bought a bunch of frozen meals. Some chicken tiki masala. is so good. Mm. <laughs> Oh Yeah, no, I'm not like too super overly crazy health conscious, but I guess there is a big potential there. Um, how do you guys think that, that Amazon's push into that sector is going to affect everything? Do you guys see that they're starting their own um, grocery stores?
2: You yeah. know, they've been doing that for a while, though, where they've had these these like self-checkout stores. Yeah. I don't think they've really uh, popularized it as much, but there have been some cities I've gone into where, uh, you know, you can do the little self-checkout. You put the stuff in your cart or whatever with your phone. But uh, yep. look, I, I agree this this move towards sustainable foods is something that's important. I mean, look, I I love save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Uh, in certain circumstances, just to be able to get the kind of fruits that I want or the kind of fresh food that I want. Uh, Look, frozen foods are are awesome. They're convenient. I mean, look at the lean cuisine movement, right? It was a massive movement. And and these movements, they go viral for periods of time. Uh, Sustainability is always a question. uh, But then, you know, you... Look, frozen foods, maybe they're higher in saturated fat. Maybe they're higher in sodium. Maybe they're not the most healthy thing. But in general, frozen foods are convenient. Look, you get a tattooed chef pizza, you throw it in the microwave. 60 seconds later, you're done. It's very convenient. Uh, I do have a concern, though, that in, in this pandemic lockdown era, we have been through a year of, of eating crap at home and we're done with it. That's not to say we're not going to continue to eat at home, but the amount of freezer space you want to dedicate to stuff you've just been you know eating for the last year, I, I have questions about that. So I have dual questions. I have questions about uh, you know this advertising push, uh, which we don't know if it's going to be successful beyond the SPAC, sure. Okay, SKUs going in stores, that's great. I, I, I hope it does very well. And I think it'll do fine. I, look, they're projected to grow 40% next year. Do I think that's going to keep going at 40%? Will it accelerate to 50 60% when they start increasing their their uh, product offerings? Maybe. I am skeptical. And when I run them at 30% growth for the next four or five years, I'm, uh, the valuation is as rich as Square or, or a tech company. So I'm like, why, why, why would I be in low margin food, high sodium, high satty fat, uh, when at the same time we have an unproven advertising model and we yeah, have uh, the COVID pandemic ending. Too many things for me aligning at the same time where, again, I still got
1: money locked up in them. I'm stuck in some Kevin, I Kevin, want them Kevin to Kevin win, No, they're much, not gonna win like the tech. Not, How much growth do you think is because of the SPAC? Just out of, oh, out of huge, 100%, huge, percent, maybe 50, 40, 30, I'm just curious.
2: It's it's hard to quantify. It's a very good question. But here's the thing. One of the things, and we all preach this, I think, individually in our own ways. We all preach that when you invest in a stock, you invest in a company that you use first and foremost. I bought a crap ton of tattooed chef stuff when when I first got excited about the brand. And look, my first meal, awesome. Ten out of ten. Right? But then you start having it over and over again, week after week, and it's like... All right, I mean this is this is okay. It's good. This is not like me going to the cheesecake factory and getting a nice fresh salmon. Uh, it, or obviously, I mean it's frozen food versus, versus uh, cooked food, right? But it's it's not like I'm like craving. Oh my God, I gotta have my TTCF. Maybe it just didn't jive with me as much. Uh, you know, Lauren, it didn't jive with at all. Uh, and so, uh, you know, look, is there gonna be a uh, you know a, a decline in sales potentially because of the SPAC uh, and, and that advertising wearing off? maybe it'll, maybe it'll balance out
0: with their new ads,
2: but they're unproven ads at that. We don't yeah, know how good they're going to do. They might have to fire their marketing company and pick a whole new marketing company.
0: Kevin, not everybody's just been eating frozen foods this whole time. Every, like I actually go out in the real world for the past year and like I don't. every week, every, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out here like living life. Right. I go you got COVID. I go to restaurants packed, Kevin restaurants packed. Like people are eating. Have you seen Uber Eats numbers? People aren't just sitting at home eating freezer food, saying, "Let me go get some more tattooed chef." They're Bingo! An Uber Eats. Bingo! They're, Dash, they're going to the restaurants. <laughs> Come on, man! They're not just Thank sitting. You. Around You're making my point. <laughs> <laughs> it, that,
3: Andre,
1: are you invested in Tattooed Chef, Andre? <laughs> no, I just feel like there's bigger opportunities in like. Bitcoin. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So, so just for the record, I think I have like 40,000 in Tattooed Chef. I bought oh, it wow. at like 17, 18 bucks. Wow. I'm just going to hold it. So right, there, there. Well, okay. now you know, now you know my involvement with this. Now, no, Kevin,
0: yeah, go ahead. let me, you know, I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about Tattooed Chef. I would love to talk about Voyager, bring your opinion on Voyager. And then hear if Andre, if you've tried Voyager's product and uh, Graham, if you've tried their product and like what your thoughts are there? Cause all of a sudden now I'm hearing you're selling out a Voyager and I'm like, I-, I don't know if that's confirmed. What's going on with you and Voyager, man?
2: Yeah, uh so I was never invested in Voyager, but I actually like Voyager. So I don't know where this this negative talk is coming from. I've been actually talking positively to, <coughs> to to my course members regularly about uh the potential for Voyager over over this past week since the interview. Whenever I had the interview, I'm like this is really interesting. Now, you know, looking back, it's like I should have just bought it then uh because obviously it's it's done well since then. But, you know, I, I you know, I Whatever, five bucks here or there, it doesn't matter to me. I'm optimistic about the company. Uh, You know, I've been comparing them a little bit to eToro. Uh, you know, I've been working on comparing valuation. I think the edge that Voyager has is their interest-bearing accounts on on uh, what, like 21 coins or something like that. Uh, Voyager uh, Voyager's valuation is much richer than like an eToro uh, b- because uh, eToro's got 20 million users and Voyager's got 440K, but they're growing like crazy. So right now you're paying, I wrote it down here, you're paying 6,800 bucks per user at Voyager where at eToro you're paying 7 or 10 bucks when you buy the company. Uh, Right. Per valuation. So uh you know, Voyager is expensive on that sense, but they've got the growth, and that's what happens when you have high growth companies. You have expensive companies look expensive. This is why I keep I added 700 grand to Tesla in the last couple of weeks. This is also why uh leading into the crash on Feb 16th, I dumped most of my tattooed chef. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you I'm putting quick, this
1: really uh, quick. I'm out of the loop here. What is Voyager? Yeah.
3: Voyager, yeah. It's, it's like angry. a log you're talking about this app, right? The Voyager app.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's like BlockFi. Yeah,
3: it's yeah so I like better than yeah. BlockFi. I was gonna say, how does that compare to BlockFi? I don't know. I haven't what? used it yet. <laughs> I gotta use it. What? you do not That's BlockFi? why I haven't bought it yet. Kevin, you know what? You, wait, you
0: haven't used Voyager yet,
2: Kevin. I downloaded he's... the app. I had to get off the wait list. Then I was gonna wire money in, but I've been too busy making videos to wire money in. So Kevin. I need to wire money in uh, probably tomorrow,
0: and then I'll try it.
3: Okay. I haven't tried what the app. It? There, honestly yeah.
0: this is the this is a problem i have with you kevin you're always buying stocks without even trying their products first man making me mad i didn't buy, buy it i didn't buy I it mean, yet. I don't what's that i'm sorry you can use voyager yes yep and i have bought some cryptos but i can't share them on this video <gasps> because I, I i know i gotta you say let that, me know about this that, man i gotta say I gotta save that content for my channels, but I have bought three cryptos. Okay. Three. three
3: cryptos. Okay. Okay. Nope.
0: I'll I'll just close one of them for you guys. Okay. okay. Ethereum was one of, of them. Of
3: I, I was gonna say you're you're probably number one is Ethereum. I know you love yeah.
0: Ethereum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh and I've used it and it's great, it's a great product experience so far. Like it's seamless, like boom, buy and, and done. And mm-hmm. it's as an easy, if not easier, than you know, the Fidelity app or whatever. Um so I, I enjoy the product, but um, you
3: know, Andre, have, have you tried it yet or are you, are you on Coinbase? Or what do you use? I'm using BlockFi and Gemini, honestly. I, I like okay. that BlockFi and Gemini integrate well with each other, but I mean, no, I haven't used Voyager. I just mostly use BlockFi, which is good enough. But what's the difference between BlockFi and Voyager? What's the advantage? So from my
0: understanding, of-
3: like a lot is, uh, like there's no fee in Voyager.
0: So there's no okay. fee from my understanding with a lot of these other exchanges there's like a 2% fee or something like that isn't there for buying? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that. Two. Where are you guys getting 2%? That seems like not a 4%.
3: lot. Yeah, not 2%. Or
0: maybe, maybe not 2%, $2 something like that. I- there's some sort of like fee that kind of ends up adding it up on these.
3: You know all these different brokerages, they, they find a way to get their fees one way or another, whether it's through the front end of you buying it or when you go to sell it or when you go to transfer it. So like, I know BlockFi allows one transfer free a month, I believe. And then after that they charge you some fee. So it's kind of interesting. They all find a way. So it's like what you might think is better on Voyager might not necessarily be better because there's so many entry and exit points. That they could be collecting fees from other ways so until we see one of kevin's videos <laughs> comparing the fee rates
1: like we did last time. i loved that video by that the way that great. was the most ridiculous video i've ever seen but it was the most informative i I've yeah. never wondered about this until you made the video and like makes a lot of sense i actually yeah. really liked Thank it you. <laughs>
3: even though i i think that could potentially mislead people though that video because i i think there was a lot left out because like the conclusion oh. to- video was Robinhood was the, was free or not free, but it was the cheapest uh, to buy Bitcoin. Right. But there is a huge problem with buying Bitcoin on Robinhood.
2: Well, yeah, but that wasn't, I mean, like, and and I I addressed that too, that look, you can't transfer money out of there. If you want to transfer money out, you have to sell then you pay taxes, of course. But I mean, when we do a five trial experiment within 30 seconds on, on each swipe five different times at different days and the pricing of Robinhood's the cheapest, you kind of, in that sense, in that scenario, I mean, try it yourself, but you kind of have to give it to Robinhood a little bit. Like, I was shocked. Like, I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be the easiest way to bag on Robinhood," and then I did it. And I'm like, "Well, there goes my title."
3: <laughs> I just think that the reason, one of the reasons why they're cheaper is because they don't allow those transfers, so they don't eat the costs for transferring because they don't allow it. Period. So I think that's probably baked into some aspect of the cost is the fact that they don't eat the exit points. So yeah, you know what I'm saying, and and I would rather have, I would rather pay a little bit of a. Premium for the freedom to transfer and move my money then be locked into Robinhood and buy derivatives. But well, that's- and you're getting the interest of BlockFi, which
2: basically pays for yes. the extra you're paying in yeah. like three or six months or something yeah, like that. Exactly yeah,
1: right. yeah, of course. Yeah. And right. by the way, I was looking between BlockFi and Voyager. The, the biggest difference I saw is that BlockFi limits the amount of interest. So after two and a half Bitcoin, your, your interest goes down from six and a half down to 3%. Yes. It looks like with Voyager there is no cap, but it's six point two five percent. So if you have more than two and a half Bitcoin, makes sense to go to Voyager instead.
3: But is it
1: um, is it only six point two percent on Bitcoin, or
3: are there other rates for other cryptos? Because I know other rates
1: to other cryptos. It's basically almost identical to BlockFi, a little bit lower, but there's no cap. Okay, Kevin, well, I-, I watched
0: when you did that interview with the CEO, and that was something crazy to like see um hear him basically talk about the interest you know they can pay like well let's say 9% on you USDC right and maybe maybe voyager makes like a percent on that right and yet somebody on the other side is making so much money that they can pay that interest rate and still profit that's just like ridiculous to even hear that
3: like like andre do you think that's sustainable like like that's just i don't, I don't know why not long-term, but I mean, I don't think that's going to like bury them or anything. Like not long-term, they're all going to revert to the mean of like probably 2-3% at some point. But I think that we're like five years out minimum before gets, like massive, massive crypto adoption to the point where it's like, all right, this is like not sustainable. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a while.
0: What did you think hearing that, Kevin, when you heard that? Uh, you know,
2: the real concern I have with all of these platforms is that uh, you know if uh, they're all all of this this lending is based on actually having a stable currency value for these different coins if uh, inflation does not manifest which i believe is a very real possibility that we have temporary inflation and inflation does not manifest if inflation does not manifest there could be in my opinion uh, a catalyst not saying it will happen but there could be a catalyst for a massive crypto sell-off of holy crap look at what Fiat just went through look at what the stupid dollar just went through which everybody's making fun of right I mean even Sarah Eisen on CNBC was making fun of it essentially calling it worthless earlier today on, on live TV uh and uh you know like everybody's making fun of the dollar everybody thinks inflation is coming if that doesn't manifest one of the reasons for getting into this deflationary currency might evaporate. Now, people say that, oh, well, don't worry, they'll always be hodlers, and there will always be people here. Fine. But if for whatever reason, there's this down spiral and and Bitcoin goes back to 10k, and all of a sudden, you got all the people who are diamond handers who have never been through an actual crash, and then they're like, holy F. Uh, and then they, they paper hand because that's what happens. Uh, it, it, you know, you could have this potential spiraling out of control very quickly. And you could see a uh, you could see the entire system collapse you know, in like a Robin Hood style situation and Robin Hood had safeguards like yeah. that pissed off a lot of people, those safeguards, but they had safeguards. We right. don't know about that for crypto. I, I'm, actually, like I'm actually
3: counting on it to happen. Like I'm counting on Bitcoin to crash to some ridiculous level. Josh, why are you see, buying
1: it then? I don't think we're going to see inflation, but you can't deny. It. I mean, we've seen asset I, inflation. I, we've I, seen I inflation really throughout seen investments, real estate. Yeah. I think Bitcoin could be a part of that. So I think we're not going to see inflation. We're going to see temporary inflation short term. Mm-hmm. I think over the next five years, I mean, there's no doubt that the inflation we've seen is in investments. Kimberly, someone... hold, yeah. on, hold on. I have a quick, quick question for you guys. Can someone explain to me like a five-year-old,
3: <laughs> why do we have a separation in inflation between assets and something else?
1: Keep in like, mind that, okay, let's say there... that, let's say that you don't have enough for the necessities. Like let's say food, housing, transportation, and so on. Low interest rates are going to help you pay for necessities. But when you have already so much money, and I'm talking millions or tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, and you get low interest rates, you're not going to use all that money to go and buy necessities. It's not like you're going to go to the grocery store and spend $10 million buying up all the cereal and milk. So instead, you're going to put that $10 million into the market. You're going to invest it. And when you multiply that through every investor who has access to really cheap money, and doesn't want to ruin the opportunity to take out a two percent interest rate, you're going to put that money not in transportation or not in insurance, not in like you know, t- you know, shirts and whatnot. You're going to put it in investments. So that's why investments, in my opinion, are basically infl- inflated. That's, Correct. That's
3: My question is, I agree with you, but like, why do we have a separation of inflation, like calculation? Why is there a difference? Because to me, they're one and the same. Like, I know the Fed has told us, what was a Kevin, you would know the numbers, the PCE for the last 12 months was something like 1.5%. So yeah,
2: it came in even lower, like the CPI data was the last right. one came out, the Fed uses the PCE. But yeah, yeah. look, here's, here's the difference. The difference is Inflation, the way I look at it, is an increase, and people have different definitions, so it's important to define. To me, inflation is an increase in the cost of regular goods and services that you need to be able to survive, like Graham had uh, explained. The reason, in my opinion, you separate asset price inflation, real estate and stocks, from consumer goods is asset price inflation is based on the market it's based on people's purchasing power in real estate uh it's based on the availability of funds and people's desire to be in the in stocks versus other assets be it bonds or or cryptos and the markets take over that money does not necessarily have to disappear but it can because when prices go down money does disappear just sure. like when a company goes public and their valuation goes from five billion dollars to a hundred billion dollars that's money that's created out of thin air right that's not inflation because it's not leading to my cup of coffee at starbucks going up in, in cost sure. the problem is when we have so much money in, in circulation that there's so much demand and that all of a sudden that demand exceeds sure deflation that we're seeing because it's easier to make
3: coffee now it's easier to make cheap coffee now right the cost of coffee can come down in that sense for for whatever Uh, reason i have such a hard time separating the two different like inflations because to me buying a house is one of the biggest purchases you'll ever have and if you have insane asset inflation like here in vegas for example i don't know jeremy if you remember back in like 2019 our median home price here in town was 220 thousand dollars. Today, that median is $350,000 in just the span of two years. Like That is insane
1: inflation to me. And I know to look at be inflation. like, well, we that I think is supply and demand. That's the it market dictating. That's the market dictating, in my opinion, the, the real value. For sure,
3: but, for sure. But the fact that we have printed trillions of dollars had
1: obviously a lot to do with that,
3: too. And stimulus checks and all these other things. So it's just like, yeah, we're uh, still experiencing huge inflation. And I and I think with Bitcoin, we already have we're seeing that play out in real time. Like I'm I, on I, your I,
0: side, Andre. I, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think we're seeing in I mean, I personally like what is what is not getting more expensive right now? I'm looking at everything get more expensive. I don't care if you're talking Game about top. Pokemon, yeah, yeah. everything.
1: It, really yeah, everything
0: gas prices, but, but stocks, real cars. estate, lumber. It's all I, getting I know more- isn't really
1: inflation, now. though. I think that's just the market dictating its price. I,
3: I think know.
1: I mean, go, everything we, Literally going up. <laughs> like like, no. everything. The, the everything only thing everything that's is, is like food to some degree.
3: But like, I don't know. I think asset inflation is way more important than like, I mean, I know that's a debatable thing. Like you want people to afford the basics. But still, if you're going to buy like the biggest purchase of your life, a house, like you want to be able to afford it and not get stuck in a market that like ran away from you. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I need I need Jerome Powell to sit down with me and like, all right, Andre, this is how we calculate inflation, and I want to make sense of it because it seems like this mysterious thing we all talk about, but we all have different definitions about it, and it's like, what does it actually mean? Uh, it's just well, it's, it's easy how they calculate it. So,
2: yeah. if, like a five year old explanation for how they calculate it, and I'm gonna go with CPI here because this is a more popular one. Sure. Basically, imagine you take a shopping cart and you go to Whole Foods, and you're like, I'm gonna get. This brand of toothpaste, I'm going to get the Granny Smith Organic Apples, that cereal, that loaf of bread, that dog food, that cat food, and that pack of gum. And uh, except now include a tennis ball, shirts, an iPad, a phone, and all these various different consumer goods. Uh, And then maybe even include the cost of delivering that to your house because you you don't want to deliver it to your house. And then the gas it takes you to get there. That same exact trip, every single year or, or month actually gets recalculated. So they redo that same exact purchase every single month. And then they just compare. Well, what does the bill say? Well, it was $100. Now it's $101. Okay. What's the annualized rate of that? Well, if that was over a month, that's 12%, right? If that was over a year, that's 1% inflation. So that's all they're doing. That's what, asset prices are not in there. You see, right. Real estate Why? Why did real estate prices skyrocket? It's simple. Interest rates fell one and a quarter percent. I mean, that instantly aligns with the twelve to thirteen percent increase in market value. I call this thing the rule of ten x. Interest rates go up one percent; housing prices come down ten percent instantly. It's super fast and consistently happens. You know. Then on top of that, yeah, you've got people not selling. You've got the supply and demand problem. You've got people moving to new areas. Californians may be moving to Vegas or whatever. Uh, Those. Those are different and you can view those differently. The, where it becomes a problem is cr- increasing the wealth of Americans, which there was a huge wealth transfer here, right? The K-shaped recovery. The rich got richer here. People with houses and stocks got way richer and businesses can be included in that. Uh, you got a wealth transfer. So you got richer people through this K-shaped recovery. The people who got screwed are the people who didn't own assets, and that doesn't mean we got inflated because that implies that we didn't have real returns. We, we we did. You know, we had substantial returns in assets above and beyond what consumer inflation is. And so going back to that basket of goods, I could sell one of my properties and buy way more of those baskets now than I could last year. But that's separate because that those are the assets. This consumer price inflation the reason that becomes a concern is because people worry that we're going to go back to the 80s and that we're right. going to see this hyperinflation that's going to destroy basically people's ability to even survive and the Fed's going to be forced to raise rates if they're forced to raise rates now you got poopy coming to people who invest because the amount of money they're spending to to service their debt goes up and then you get a Ray Dalio great deleveraging market crisis. Sure. I didn't
0: know. Yeah, I had an epiphany the the other day when I was driving, and I imagined gas prices being six, seven dollars a gallon this summer. That's what I was thinking. So I don't know. Imagine if that really happened, right? And I was kind of like putting all the pieces together, and I was like, it kind of makes sense. Everybody starts traveling again, driving like crazy, and then. OPEC maybe says, you know, OPEC's obviously hasn't been making nearly as much money. So imagine if OPEC's all of a sudden like, oh, no, we, we we, you know, uh, we can't get, uh, you know, the supply to the the right levels and something like that. And and next thing you know, oil prices just go crazy. I think it's going to take something like that event to really like $5, $6, something like that gas prices to really like hit people in the face and like all of a sudden realize there's inflation because like housing costs, like you said, uh, Andre, if that goes up, more than likely
1: rents are following right behind. And oh, they, they, have. Have. they
3: have, they already have. Yeah. yeah.
1: But yep. when you say yeah. gasoline going up is more of a supply issue than inflation, because that just seems like something where as, as long as they increase production at some point, prices price are going to go back down. And I also think it's not going to be so much of an instant switch. Like one day everyone's like, all right, I'm good. I think it's going to be a very gradual process probably throughout the year. That's, that's just what I, I think. Like we,
3: I, feel
1: like, I feel like we've been Here's witnessing thing, though, that.
2: We've, we had that in California in 2008 and 9. We had $5.50 gas. We had the barrel surge and it got really expensive in California. Guess what happens? People who can't afford it travel less. Sucks, but that's what happens. When prices go up, the supply and demand kicks in. And guess what happens? If you can't afford it, you wait. You pay with your right. time because you can't afford it anymore.
3: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but with oil prices if they just keep going up, then all of a sudden, you know, or just say for a period of time, companies raise price on everything they're going to be shipping, right? They're going to they're going to pass that on to consumers and then that gets passed on and and you know, companies aren't going to likely take off those price increases, right? You know, the, the tennis ball example, if all of a sudden you start charging more for tennis balls, once once the oil price goes back down, I doubt you're going to say, "Oh, now we're going to charge cheaper price for tennis balls." It just doesn't work like that. Well, you, you so you I mean, to, I think this real inflation, I don't believe it
2: <laughs> well i, I want to touch on that you have to drop the prices again because here's what happens oil prices goes up what becomes more profitable fracking so we start having more fracking wells we get more oil and gas jobs all of a sudden you bring the price down because you're, you're fracking more and you have way more supply now we're not yeah. going to be fracking on federal lands because of biden but there's plenty of fracking <laughs> plenty of that happening uh and so what happens like why would you lower the cost of the tennis ball because you have to because if you know the dude on amazon's like bro i'll sell you the tennis balls for 50 cents a piece and they're high quality and you're like why am i paying four bucks a piece you have to compete otherwise you get screwed and, and amazon's a great reason for that so you know look i i i get like Can we see short term inflation, big boost in in travel, bump in gas prices? Totally, yeah, but it's not here to stay. It's we got to be more concerned with deflation than than inflation, in my opinion.
0: Oh, that's ridiculous! That's a ridiculous (laughs) statement, Kevin. That's just preposterous. Are you kidding me? We got to be worried more about deflation. What in the world? Why why do you say that? Okay, that just sounds like the silliest thing I heard all day. Tell tell, me, tell me,
1: why are you doing that, Kevin?
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a holy smoke because this ain't no joke. Come on. There's What's there's going on here, I don't think Kevin believes deflation's going to happen. I mean, I know you're optimistic, but...
2: I, I don't think it. deflation's going to happen because we keep printing yeah. money. We're right. concerned about all of the money printing creating inflation, but all we're doing is forestalling deflation. All we're doing is preventing prices from, from going down even more. Uh, and so, yeah, we're printing money and people are like, how, how can this not create inflation? Well, because things get cheaper over time. And, and I had an argument with somebody about this, uh, a a few months ago, uh, they're like, oh, the standard of living is, is way lower than it is today than it was in the fifties. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's way better today. Like people have multiple cars, multiple TVs, multiple computers, even a poor family has access to the internet and good internet, uh, in, in many cases, maybe not in rural areas, there are problems, but Look, like deflation is all around us, everything has gotten more affordable. When I sold my World of Warcraft account when I was like 16, I got two thousand bucks. I bought a 40 inch TV like an idiot, spent two thousand dollars on a 40 inch TV. I get that for like 299 dollars now. Are you kidding me? That is straight up deflation. I got a higher quality TV for a tenth the price.
3: No, to be headphones,
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's inflation. You, I think That's what it is headphones has consistently gone up every single year and every phones single. the iPhone consistently gets more yeah. expensive. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> well I, I,
0: th- I, I think what it is Kevin is I think what people look at is they they say okay in the 50s let's say or 60s right the, the man went to work and made his money at the factory or whatever right and the wife got to stay home she got to take care of the kids. They got to live in a a decent house that, you know, they kind of owned, right? They probably had it on a loan. They had a car and they look at that and they say life was, life was good. And nowadays, you know, if you make what a decent salary in the United States is what like 50 K 60 K a year.
2: I don't think that's decent. I think that's average,
0: but it's not decent. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you even make 60 or let's say 70 K. Can you support a family and live like a respectable life, uh, you know, with, let's say, three, four kids and, and you know, that your partner doesn't work? I mean, certainly not in California, uh, you know, never mind a lot of markets around the United States. And I think that's the way people view it. They say, man, you know, it's we're a couple out here grinding, working, trying to make 40K, 50K, 60K a year, and we're barely making ends meet. And they have this view of people in the 50s and 60s. And it's like one, one person worked and they took care of the whole family and you still had some money left over. And so I think that's where that view comes from.
2: It's, it's, it's a crime. Uh, it's, it's very unfortunate, but it's not a crime of inflation. It's a crime of capitalism when you unfortunately it, it, you get paid in this world based on the value you deliver in roughly, like broadly speaking, right? Uh, If you're creating a fintech app that can be downloaded a million times and you become a billionaire, that's because you just changed millions of lives with an app that can be replicated over and over and over again. When you're a programmer getting paid $400,000 working on that app, it's because you're creating massive value, whether that's shareholder value or user value, it's usually both. Uh, You're creating a massive amounts of value. It's, is it a crime that somebody, uh, you know, in in a factory, uh, forging chain link fences, which you know parts of this are still done by hand? It's unfortunate, but you're not going to be able to support a family on that, and, and that's that's a result of capitalism. So then that turns into a political question. Well, do we need universal basic income so so somebody can actually survive, uh, or or do we just need machines to make the darn chain link fence? And then does that person need to get educated into computer programming?
0: That's that's just the, that's just the world we're in. Well, that's capitalism. What do you guys think about the possibility that, you know, there can be some sort of payment that starts being consistent? Because now that we've pushed the envelope so far with the whole stimulus checks over and over again, this is what, the third round or whatever. Now I feel like the door has been pushed open, especially if we see some good economic data of like... You know, folks on the political aisle that want that saying, hey, let's go ahead and do this. Like, what do you guys think is a realistic possibility?
1: I would love to hear your guys' opinion. Didn't they they tested that out in California? They tested it out in California. And so far, and I haven't done enough research into this, seems like they had some decent results with that. And it wasn't meant to be permanent, but but it was meant to be enough where people were able to get full-time employment, and they wow. found that when people had a base level of income that kept them consistent, they had the time to go and interview for full-time work, whereas otherwise, they would be stuck at, let's say, a part-time job and not having the access or the means to go to different interviews. So right. it seems like that might be a, a, you know, a worthwhile option. I just haven't done enough research on it yet.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I- I know Andrew Yang kind of popularized that recently, but I know Alaska did something like that similarly. They were they were giving some money away, um, but yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I I mean, like I'll chime in we, on it. You can't isolate the markets in one state. It has to all be like integrated. I don't know how to do an experiment like that for everybody all at once and to see how it affects. Yeah. Cause what might work in California might totally not work here in, in Nevada. So I don't know. Yep. I don't think we have enough data.
2: I mean, I have a crazy theory on it, uh, and I, it, in my opinion, this it would be a wonderful way for it to work, but it's probably too utopian to ever happen. Is look, if if everybody got, let's just say, if everybody who was, you know, within a certain percentage of the poverty level, got twelve hundred bucks a month, just just here's twelve hundred bucks a month, universal basic income. Uh, now what happens? Well, the first thing you do is you eliminate poverty, you eliminate the problem that people can't feed their freaking children, which is an utter crime. There should be no such thing as child poverty in this world. It's pathetic. Uh, so that's the first thing you do is you stop people starving. The second thing you do is you start reducing crime because, you know, poverty, in my opinion, necessitates crime. People are trying to get a break, trying to get ahead. People are just trying to survive. Yes. Uh, so you solve those problems, then you potentially start solving race issues because poverty unfortunately disproportionately affects uh, minorities. Yes. Uh, so the problem is, you almost have to tie this this twelve hundred dollars, kind of like you tie the value of Bitcoin to something. You almost, uh, which is using energy, you almost have to tie this twelve hundred dollars to work, and that might be. You're going into a trade school and you're learning how to code or you're going to learn sales or you're going to learn how to do something that provides value to society. You'll be an economist here. We got to, you know, we, we need more crypto economists at the Fed or whatever. Here's a job for you. You know, uh, I, I think now all of a sudden you eliminate poverty, you eliminate, you, you substantially reduce crime. You reduce racial tensions. You solve a lot of problems. Guess what else you get to do now? You get rid of unemployment, you get rid of yeah. welfare, you get rid of disability, you get rid of
0: all these programs because you don't need them anymore. So
2: now you simplify bureaucracy on top of that. But it's never gonna happen. Here's you know?
0: here's the issue, Kevin. Okay, so there's a lot of issues, yeah. right? So you, you, you know, here's the pushback against that. If you're gonna start sending, let's say, every person a thousand bucks and let's say makes under a hundred thousand a year, okay? Mm-hmm. Why not two thousand? Why not three thousand? <laughs> Can you really make it on a thousand? Why not just keep pushing the envelope? Well, why not? Have them live a good life. Why not give them 10000 a month? This is where you get into some big questions about- You've got to adjust
1: for cost of living in different areas. Right. You'd have to they're do just,
0: that. They're ju- it's just going to keep pushing it. It's almost like a Pandora's box of
3: problems as soon as you open it.
2: Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and that's- that's one of the reasons why Republicans absolutely hate the idea of universal basic income uh, is, is because you're right. I mean, once once that starts happening, it's like, well, now we need to increase it over time. Now we need to have more. Now we need to incorporate more audiences. It's totally true. It's a massive political issue, uh, and that's why it won't happen. And so, uh, but but that doesn't matter to like, if somebody's watching who's like, look, I'm a, I'm a struggling single person with two kids or something like that. The reality is the way for you to get ahead is figure out how can you provide more value with less time? Uh, I remember, I mean, Graham, you know, this too, you were working at a museum doing graphics for a buck or whatever. Then you're like, wait a minute, I can become a real estate agent and and make bank in less time. Well, that's because you provided more value in a in a in an industry that creates more money. This is why I like high margin industries. This is why I like investing in Apple because when when I spend like an idiot, I spend $550 on headphones, Apple's able to keep 30% or 20% of the bottom line, whatever. Uh because it's high margin, it's high quality, it gets better and better every year, you know, the qualities headphones compared to headphones from Five years ago, insane differences, right? Uh, and uh, it, and that's also why I don't like investing in low margin businesses like Tattoo Chef.
3: We're back at oh, that. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin,
0: Kevin, you didn't just say that. <laughs> Kevin, have you seen the? they, they charge four ninety nine for one of the bowls? You think it costs them four ninety nine to? No, come on, man. Let, wait a minute. I think we're on a good subject here. Okay, don't get me all fired up with Tattoo Chef again. Okay, no, okay. So let's say th- here is another issue with that you have, let, let's say hypothetically, uh, the checks are 3000 a month now, right? So one, you have potential hyperinflation if you just you know are throwing crazy amounts of money out. Two, let's say there's not hyperinflation. You also have the situation where is somebody that incentivized to go out there and make it on their own and, and make a company or or do something uh, at a much higher level? Maybe if there's ultra motivated and they want to be a millionaire or make a ton of money or something like that, but at a, at a level, like, do you start de-incentivizing people to work or go out there and make it on their own and um, create companies that employ 10 people, 50 people,
3: 100 people and things like that? I think that's another, I, you know. I, yeah, that's a good point. I imagine over time that would equalize because the cost of living would increase if you just gave everybody money. So that baseline of $3,000, whatever, today, starting that first day would have whatever value that I could buy. But then over time, obviously everybody's standard of living would increase. The cost of living would go up. So you'd almost be forced to go out in there and find that job. But I agree in the short term, however many years that may be, or even decades, you could probably incentivize a lot of like just laziness and just why Why would I do anything? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and eventually, I mean, robots might just take over the world and we don't have to work, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, look, there there is a... There, there's a real problem because, it, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't just, per, in my opinion, just here's all this money all the time without people working and, and getting to the point where they're providing value. But look, if I'm if I'm 19 years old and I'm like, crap, let's say I have I've uh, you know, I got nothing going on, I'm not making any money. Maybe that you're on unemployment or whatever. You're 19. Like, what do you do? Well, golly, where where can I? Just off the top of my head, where do I know I can make money? Well, I know. I could probably move to San Francisco, which people people are like, wait a minute, why would I go to a high cost of living area? I should go to a lower cost of living area. Like I should go to Ohio where it's even lower cost of living. Really? Where are you going to make more money? If, if, if Where are you going to make, like, if, if just as an extreme example, let's say you're an electrician, where are you going to get paid more to change an outlet in San Francisco or Ohio? It's the same freaking outlet. Where are you going to make more money as a business? And so, when if, if you're not making as much money as you want, you have to take it upon yourself and figure out where can I provide the value? Where do I need to be? So right time, right place. Where do I need to be? And what education do I need? How do I need to get that? And, and there are plenty of tools to do that. I mean, you get your real estate license, become a lender. You know, I hear people are like, oh, but Kevin, I mean, isn't, isn't real estate, aren't your real estate agents going to become obsolete? Maybe one day, but they're not right now. <laughs> Go make some money.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. This, yeah, this I don't know. I Go ahead. Graham. I always believe there's going to be a push. Let's say that everybody is making $1,000 a month no matter what. I think naturally we're just wired and we're inclined to always push for a little bit more. So I think in the short term, maybe the first 6 months to a year, people are going to be so happy to receive a thousand bucks, you know, stay sure. home. They might not work as hard, but I think give it a year or so, and I think people naturally will want to progress further beyond that. But but
0: Graham, here's the thing are you pushing to go make money yourself or are you pushing the government to give you a bigger check and say, you're not giving me enough. Give me 2000.
1: Now, give me 3000. I, I think you're pushing to make more money on your own. That's what I really, I, I, I think no matter what, there's going to be a subset, maybe a few percent of people who are always going to push for more money. But I, mean, I that's like what you're gonna like- want to work for Yeah. It, yeah?
3: I am speaking from personal experience, just because I came here as an immigrant with my family we didn't have jobs. So like we've, we always wanted to go out and like make more for ourselves and, 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 you know, do something more and not just rely on the government support. So I do generally agree yeah. with grant you that know people generally want a better life and they generally want to build something for themselves. That's sustainable. And I'm sure a smaller portion of that population will fall into, you know, just not doing anything, yeah. and just the government, but generally speaking, I think people want to, you
1: know, not. Be I like think it. it's the same reason why someone making $50,000 a year, idolizes a 100,000. And when you're making a 100,000, you want to go for 200,000. And when you're making two, you're not happy there. You want to make five. And when you're making five, you want to make a million. And a million, you push for two. And then five million. I, I believe there's never going to be a point where you're satisfied. I think just naturally, we always want to progress further.
0: I, th- I think that's the 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 peak performers are like that in my opinion, Graham. You know what I mean? Like like the ultra go getters, like you know you and and other individuals like or that are like go getters. But there's there's a lot of people that are like, man, you game. Him- you know 4000 a month they're like oh, I'm I'm good with that I don't need to you know well there's a no, I agree with you know Jer- Jer- Jeremy
2: to- here yes. uh I completely agree with Jeremy that no nobody wants to work come on man work is a means to an end that's what it is uh it, to me uh yeah you know naturally it it it's nice to create success by developing something but look I mean if I can play rust all day long and have all my bills paid uh <laughs> Kevin you could do I that I think that's
1: Kevin that's that really- <laughs> Anybody not, who could do this, no Kevin, You're the one. Why do yeah. you keep working? You could easily stop today right. and right. you have more than enough for you're so perfect, many times. You're the perfect anti-example. Yes. Yes. <laughs> why yeah, I, why well, do you keep uh, working? The same reason that I described.
2: Yeah, well so but I I think you're you're talking to a subset of uh, well, first of all, you're talking to Lucky me, you. who I, I think is mentally unstable, <laughs> and, and I have problems as to why I keep working. Uh, and, and so I think mm-hmm. I think I'm probably not a good comparison point. Uh, you know, I I think me it's in a perfect comparison. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you are. No, you I are think I can compare... describe that exactly because you could quit today. You could, well, and you and you could play video games all day long. You could do whatever you want. You'd be fine. Fair. You could pay all your bills. <laughs> I mean, he, but, look, you, it's at basically from your investments <laughs> for, for so many lifetimes at this
0: point.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true.
0: What, what well, would Kevin do if he couldn't come out and trash my stocks every day?
3: I like your stocks,
2: dude. I, I uh, look, Planet's been great to me, no, Uh really and true. you know, I had my own research on Planet. Uh, Imagine that, Kevin uh, sells uh, Planet you know,
1: Thirteen. Know. <laughs> Imagine the next video. Hey,
2: listen, people what, are going to get out. There, they're,
1: they're not going to be home all day. Just look, you know, people smoking people up. People have
2: different opinions
1: on things. Look, if
2: you think a gro- the growth rate for tattoo is going to be fifty, and I think it's thirty percent, great. We come up with different values and we make different decisions based on that. That doesn't mean I don't like the stock. It just means I like it a little bit less than you. I don't like Corsair Gaming. That
0: doesn't mean I'm going to go short it. Wait, you, know, you don't I, like I, Corsair I, Gaming? What? How <laughs> do you not let, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to push back on that one, but I should. <laughs> Kevin, okay, here, here's a question for you. You're you're a lot on margin, right? How do you feel, because here's the thing I've noticed, you know, since you have pivoted and now you're doing a lot more stock market videos, a lot more people are have their eye on you in your opinion on stocks, the market, things like mm. that. So you're becoming a role model, dare I say, to people <gasps> out there and you're heavily on margin, millions and millions and millions of dollars. How do you feel being a role model, whether you want it or not, you are, um, to folks knowing that you're heavily on margin?
2: Yeah, well, I think it's, it's useful to clarify. I'm 30% in margin at, at this point. Uh, and uh, look, my advice is always consistent. It's Ideally, you have no margin. And ideally, you use margin when the market crashes, because then you could go, you know, go go up to twenty percent margin. But I'm also different. I don't like keeping cash in the bank because it motivates me to work more. When I look at my bank and I'm like, "Damn, another overdraft fee," I get out there and I work again. <laughs> you know, uh, I I feel poor when there's no money in my bank account. I I know the feeling of being 19 years old, looking at my bank account, going, "Damn, I got." I got $9,000. I'm going to buy a beach cruiser. The phone rings. Hey, Kevin, you want to come in, cover a shift? I got nine grand. I'm good. <laughs> you know, like I don't need to go work for $64 working an eight-hour shift at eight hour shift. I just got, I got nine grand. I'm not motivated. If that eight grand is in Tesla and it's down 10%, I get a call. Like you want to come and work? Like, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: so, so your psychology almost- thing. You're you're almost saying you're using margin almost as uh, an incentivizer for you to stay hungry and keep working and keep grinding. Hell yeah. Okay.
3: Interesting. What do you you say about people, Graham, that say the same thing about spending, like overly excessive spending? Because I had a lot of wealthier friends that are like, I buy really fancy things and houses I probably shouldn't be
1: buying because it makes me hungry and I I keep working. I got to say it's true. I've heard the exact same thing. And- um. Yeah. A lot of the people I I worked with too are very much like that. And they have no problem spending everything and being down at zero because they have the confidence that you know no matter what, I'm going to make it back next year. I've always (laughs) felt like that can work. And I did that to myself for a long time. By the end of every single year, I made sure I had all of my money invested. I had nothing. When December came around, December 31st, I might have like five grand. It motivated me to take any deal possible because I knew... I don't know how much in the bank account, but after a while, I was tired of the stress. I like just having enough in the bank where I don't have to worry about it anymore. I think just my priorities changed. Now I'm about just no stress. I don't want to worry about anything. but it does work. I got to say, when you got a big payment every single month, there is nothing that's more motivating than that.
0: Right. Andre, it reminded me of Grant Cardone. That's something I could picture Grant. I bought this 10X private jet because I got to keep grinding. Cardone. <laughs> Capital bars.
1: It works. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it works. There is a method in sales. They very much, I don't want to say they push that, but that's that's the common practice is you get yourself a nice car, nice clothes, nice watch, and that motivates you to work even harder. It's, and so crazy. it's Almost like reinvesting back into yourself as a tactic, but I think it only works so long. And I think for Kevin and, and myself included, it's always been just investments that is our way of keeping motivated is let's just invest it. It's out of sight, out of mind. Now I can work to do it again.
2: Right. Hmm. I get this weird, like high almost from, and and I rarely do this, but, uh, so my money spread out between like four or five different brokerages. Yesterday. It was like, Oh, it was the day before yesterday. I was up at 3 AM and I'm updating, going through my brokerages, updating on a spreadsheet, how many shares of each stock I have. And I'm going through and going, Oh, I have that many there now. Oh, yeah. Oh, that many there now. It's fun. The number doesn't go down except for tattoo Chef. That number went down. But the other, they they keep going up. So, like, when I want to see numbers going up, I see my share count going up. I don't care what Mr. Market says about the price today or tomorrow. People people are like, oh, Kevin bought Tesla and then it went down. I don't care. Talk to me in 10 years, man.
3: Now let me ask you this: what, At what point do you think you'll ever get either tired or bored of that, or do you think you ever will? Or will you? Will there be a ninety-year-old Kevin that's like, "Ooh, I've got one million shares of Tesla"?
1: <laughs>
3: there an- uh, you know, I,
2: I think there'll be uh, a ninety-year-old Kevin on on a beach somewhere who's like, Ooh, "Let's buy a Tesla dip, boys."
1: <laughs> You're going to be buying <laughs> Elon on a yacht NFT. or a
2: beach or something.
1: He'd be like, oh, Elon Musk's second tweet, NFT, I'll buy it, $3 million. That's, That's what you would do.
0: Hey, hey, Kevin, uh, so when you're 90 on that beach, will you finally start researching stocks you're just going to keep buying them?
1: Oh. <laughs>
2: He'll be uh, eating yeah. tattooed
1: chef from his beach home. <laughs> hey, we, we could
2: disagree on our research, but I, I, I love research. I, I feel like I drown myself in research. People are always like, Kevin, when are you going to do a deep dive on this stock or this stock or this stock? It takes me very long to deep dive these stocks. And like, honestly, I should have just blindly bought Voyager, right? But I didn't cause I'm sitting here looking at, you know, growth trends between BlockFi and Voyager. And then I'm trying to think of what's the worst case scenario of these companies going bankrupt in a crash. And how much exposure do I balance that with Bitcoin? I spend a lot more time than, than, than it looks like on, on research because you put a video together and I'm sure it's the same for you. You put a 10 minute video together, People, it's I know it's the same for all of you guys. Graham, people don't know you spend eight hours on your videos. Andre, you spend like 50 hours on your videos because you're crazy. I don't know how you do it. Uh, yeah, uh, you that. know, and, and I know you're up in the middle of the night researching crap, Jeremy. People don't know that. We don't see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, And to be fair, Kevin, you know, stick up for you for a moment. I think the CEO interviews you've been doing lately are an amazing way to research. You're getting I like I watched them. I, I watched the GGTTF one, I learned some things I didn't even know. Uh, I watch a Voyager one, same exact thing. I think, I think, man, I would, I would stick, you know, keep doing those, man, because you, yeah, you think like, exactly. go for an hour and a half, you, you find
1: out so much good stuff, man. It's really good. Kevin, do they reach out to you, or do you reach out to them? I've been so curious about that.
2: You know, it's, it's, I've been referral lately in a weird way. Like, uh, I'll have one person on, and then that'll like piss off someone else, and they're like, "I saw you had this person. I want to come on and share my insights." I so like, I have a, a, there's another gold seller coming on and they're like, Oh my God, what this person said is so wrong. I need my turn. And so like, yeah, it's it's, it's been really interesting like that. And some people I'll reach out to, like for example, uh, Shelby church is going to come on, which I think is awesome. No we'll talk about, yeah. I know you had her on and, uh, we'll get to talk about real estate. So that'll be fun. Uh, you know, so so some things like that I, I think are fun. Like uh, she had a, an update on Instagram. I'm like, oh, it'd be fun to talk to her on the channel. Sure, sure. things like that. But yes, yeah, some of the things, some of the, the reach outs are like, I actually got to reach out. I, I got to respond to them. I got to write a reminder to do that. Uh, there was another cannabis CEO you, from
1: what? You got to hire somebody to do this for you. Oh, I know. Uh, this could you be know. their full time job is just lining you up one interview every day, five days a week. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
2: you know, I do get a little exhausted. I I can't. I, I feel like I can't do interviews all the freaking time. But I do have, for example, Shift coming up. Uh, I think the one of the it's going to be one of the co CEOs of Shift Technologies, that use car company. Uh, it's been relatively flat, but it's, in my opinion, it's so undervalued. They'll be coming on, so I get to grill them and go, "Why does not Wall Street like you?" You know, it's going to be fun.
0: Cool. Hey Andre, Andre Graham, I got a question for you guys. So Andre, I know you invest a portion of your cash in the high interest rate, uh, let's say cryptos or whatever. How yeah. much, if you don't mind, as a percent, do you put in that? And then Graham, after that, I, I'm interested. Like, what do you think about putting, uh, ten percent, thirty percent of your cash? Because I know you know you're you're a cash man into USDC that pays nine percent.
3: So two things. I'll say the first thing I want to do is I want to create our own crypto savings account that we could pay people. I think that would be super cool. Like, I think we should create our own and then get funding for it. We could probably self-fund it and then, you know, base it off of whatever token and then just promote our own thing. That's, I think, will be the real strategy here. There's a billion I'm dollar with, idea. Who's with me? All right. I'm just going Yeah. Gonna, yeah no good. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. not? reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, secondly, yeah, I put in 100% of my crypto into that. Um, I should probably diversify it to Voyager or to some other platform because I don't want to keep 100% of it into one platform because they're all relatively comparable percent yields. That's fine. But as far as like my net worth, I'd say
0: 30%. Okay. So, yeah. so you're not super worried about like any type of weird situation happening
3: and then I don't know. Somehow you lose your money or something. It's it's, it's just money. and I'm, I'm not going to pull a gram and say it's money I'm prepared to lose. <laughs> it's uh, kind of money I'm prepared to lose if it goes south. Because you have to remember, that was $100,000 originally, which was a much smaller percent of my net worth. And it grew to $800,000, which is roughly 30% of my net worth.
1: So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I'm worried. I'm just, that little bit of me, just in case, if I put it in U.S., uh, D.C., what happens if something goes down? In this small chance that happens, like, this is money I can't afford to lose. I mean, if I have all my savings in an account, th- that to me is like, I need that to be like 100% guaranteed. And even if it takes down to like 95, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And, and then if, and then it's like, we you know, do I do a small amount? And it's like, well, if I do a small amount, what's the point? I may as well then just invest it somewhere else instead. So it's for me, it's it's either all or nothing. Hmm. Wow.
3: I, I, I vote for our own. That way we know we have control over that. And yeah. We know exactly what's happening. I don't you know. Could, that way when everything crashes,
2: we we could bail ourselves out first. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: we can grab. Go to the I, Cayman Islands, guys. This will be amazing. <laughs>
2: Graham, I heard you've been doing some purchasing. What's going yeah. on? What are you buying? So
1: okay, so big announcement, guys. Got a new car. I pick it up tomorrow.
2: Wait, but you 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 bought a GT. You spent like yes. three hundred thousand dollars, which yeah. you could have put into Tesla stock and lost ten percent on. <laughs> uh, or like we like, why? <laughs> why another one?
1: So, because, yeah.
3: Go ahead.
1: <laughs> get this, it, it's a Volvo, 2006 S60, 110,000 miles, I got a Vegas car. So now yes. I got a car just to just to mob around in here, not not worry about it, uh, I don't have to worry about charging it, because listen, going back and forth uh, with a Tesla, it sucks to charge it, now I got a car that I can just drive around. If anybody comes to the what? house, now, yeah, if anyone comes to the house, now they got a car to, to drive around in. They don't have to borrow my car. They don't have to borrow Macy's car. We just got a car. When you're here, you drive around. Kevin, whenever you come and visit, just come and drive the car. That car is yours. Anybody could use it.
2: And it's a smoker car, too?
1: A what? A <laughs> smoker car. What's a smoker car? Never
2: heard of that. It's a cigarette car. What? Like no, somebody no, smoked no. packs in
1: there. No, <laughs> no it's, 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 it's on got water it's a water. car, It has a bit of a fluid leak. Get that fixed. that's a hey, that's a
0: smart idea though, Graham, in, yeah. in all honesty, to get a car like that because you're not. You're not gonna have to get recognized in a car like that. Like no one's gonna be like, "Oh, that's Grim Stefan, go in. Let's let's go follow him." Andre, the day you you saw me on the highway, which you saw me because I was
3: I stuck out like a sore thumb. I was like, yeah. "That bumblebee is Jeremy." Yeah, and then and then
0: you know all of a sudden you guys are putting down your window and waving, it, and I'm like, "Oh, this must be a subscriber or something." And because I never was like, "Oh, that's Andre," because you I don't know what car you were driving, but it, it was like a Nissan or something, and then all of a sudden. Yeah, my wife is like, Oh, that's you know, Andre, blah blah blah. And I'm like, Oh shoot, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So wait, so you, wait, I don't know, I'm just trying to rack my brain. Cause you have a Tesla, a yeah. model three, but you got another car
1: just to not charge it sometimes, or? yeah. Okay, so yeah, long trips, the Tesla is terrible to charge. And sometimes, like, I got a charger at the house. I'm reading the comments, so like, yeah, you can charge the car at the house, but sometimes it's just if people are here, like Jack is here, um, we have an assistant that's that's soon going to be, you know, working full time. I'm not. I got a car now, where if who, for whoever's here could drive this car. If I want to take the car down and not have to worry about driving a Tesla, just drive this. Car.
0: Grand <laughs> Stefan, did you I say Teslas are horrible? Yeah.
1: Okay, so
3: this is actually giving $1, me $1, a slight, $1, a $1, slight $1, little hesitation about Tesla. So what happens when elon introduces the ultra affordable tesla what happens when those charging stations are like packed to the brim do you guys think they're gonna be able to keep up
1: with demand with that sort yes, of stuff because that's what beat up charging it's gonna be like a gas station where you charge up it's two minutes and then that's it Wait, okay, what
3: level is this this isn't level two this is like what is it sorry i'm not like a huge tesla person it's like oh, level three yeah. now i've never heard of this
0: Oh yeah, that would be the next. Yeah, they, they would just keep it, iter- you know, like going up in levels. I think five to ten minutes is more realistic over the next, let's say, five years. I think two minutes would be a stretch. But what they'll do, Andre, they'll just add more chargers. That's what they've done. Like you know, on uh, almost every trip we go on to Arizona, like they'll add more chargers
3: to like the ones that we have to stop on. Um, I just feel like the amount of the rate at which they'll add the cars is so much more than the than stations that they could possibly add. And and if I you know. say 10 minutes, that's still like, dude, you're gonna be stuck in a in line.
0: Right now, Andre, I never have to wait. Um, when and if I go to California or I go to Arizona, as of right now, you know, it, who knows? Maybe it gets crazy. But as of right now, like every time we go to a supercharger in you know the middle of nowhere, it's always stalls available. Now, why is, why is Graham saying that he needed a whole new car just to be able to not
1: the, the time it takes like an hour to charge, right, yeah. Graham? The car was a thousand bucks. So here's a thousand dollars. I spent a thousand dollars on a car that I yeah. never have to worry about. That okay. when my dad comes and visits, he's got a car. If he flies in, he's got a car to drive around. Or he could just Uber. A guest, a podcast guest, <laughs> drive the car.
3: An assistant, okay. drive the Graham, car. Graham, we could settle this score on the casino floor. There you go.
1: <laughs> so you for anyone- spent, uh- i'm happy to have have a car i never have to worry about i'm happy to have a car i could park it in a parking lot never be concerned if someone dents it you scrape something you
2: spend a thousand dollars not on a car but on a liability now you have to maintain it it's going to drip oil in your driveway it's not as safe as a new car uh i I, like if you're worried about employees having a car Pay them a couple hundred bucks more a month and let them pick something. But now it's you're absorbing book. that liability, hey, and if you're you're gonna drive it. Yes. Why do you have a Tesla then? Sell your Tesla and, and put no. it in the stocks. It doesn't make sense. Like no, so yeah. what the charger thing? Oh, okay, then scary. like afford yourself. Take the GT or afford yourself a longer range car. What but
3: I, get I, I don't know. you get into an accident and then you're like, crap. I like died as a multi millionaire
1: because I was being it's frugal. A bull- <laughs> Volvos are safe. It's not like we're not talking about like a a 1980s car. We're talking about a 2006. That's I mean Volvo. They're they're safe cars. Kevin's my Kevin's my enemy
0: today. But Kevin, you just own Graham. Oh,
1: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the car. (laughs) For now, it's fine. And in the
2: future, because of used cars, you'll be able to sell it for more money and you'll make a video about how much profit you made for it. And that video (laughs) is going to make you 10 times as much money as the car even cost you anyway. So look, in your circumstance, fine. But having this other obligation for these, what if somebody comes to my house and needs a car? Somebody comes to my house. Which Tesla do you want? Please. I barely (laughs) use the damn thing. It's fully charged. Take it whenever you want. (laughs) Have it. Please. Crash it, uh be <laughs> safe, and then I'll get a new one from the insurance company. <laughs>
1: but, no, there uh, is something <laughs> to be said about having a car you never have to worry about. That's what i the, like. has really that. It's called
2: Lauren has that, it's called a 2015 Sienna. We got eight seats in the thing, it's very spacious, it, it, it's nice. When the Tesla when Tesla comes out with that, we'll be getting one of those. But you're going back to 06 for the headache.
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, I don't I'm over it. it. Wait till you see this bad boy. Just wait. You're going to want to drive it. When you're here, you're going to be so happy. Grandma, I'm thankful you got this Volvo. Just Wait. It's <laughs> to see.
3: Okay.
1: He's like, I don't know how I got
3: to your house. I must have not used my Tesla. But I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's
1: oh awesome. my gosh.
2: Okay, okay, what What about your fish tank?
1: Yes. Oh, I saw that. That was cool. Oh, Yeah. So uh, water goes in in three weeks. So the weekend of like April 15th, 16th, water goes in. It's got a cycle for about a month and then a month after that. So mid-May, I could start putting some livestock in there. So excited about it. So excited. I'm actually looking at the aquarium with just, it's empty with rock in it more than I like would look at the car. Like this aquarium for me is like everything I ever could have wanted.
3: That's awesome.
1: We're never going to see How much is the aquarium? It's a like 40 grand.
3: 40 oh, grand? Yeah. Yeah. 40 no,
2: grand you won't yeah. let
3: somebody use your, your car? <laughs> You're gonna pay a grand on a car that's your safety and your life, but forty grand on a fish tank.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> Why does it not make sense? <laughs> wow. <laughs> she needs
3: to sort out her priorities. Oh, sorry, I don't get it. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Dad. (laughs) The car broke down on you because it maintained itself. Like I got the the best of the best in this tank.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome.
1: Wait, what kind of fish are gonna be in it?
3: You're the first person I've ever heard of someone referred to livestock or fish as livestock. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah.
1: For aquarium people, we call it livestock. But uh yeah. So What, what are you gonna put in there? Uh honestly, not that many fish. It's really more about the coral. So I might have like a few fish in there. I really want it to be like a minimalistic. You walk in, you see right through the tank, a few fish swimming around just for, just for movement. But it's really about the coral. Are, uh, sorry,
3: I don't know anything about
1: coral. are they like really expensive and exotic? Is there like- Depends what you buy. The common stuff you could get for, depends on what you're getting. So you have two types of corals. <laughs> we, we, we are really going on. We have two types of corals here. Uh, you have soft coral and you have hard coral. Like the stony coral. Like like when you see like the big sticks coming yeah. out of the rocks, that that's hard coral. So wow. some of the hard coral could be really expensive. And we're talking anywhere from like $20 per inch all the way up to hundreds of dollars or like a th- okay. Now tell me that one of those corals or fish is like an
3: appreciating asset that you bought that's gonna grow in value or something.
1: Yeah. So it's it's actually true. There are corals that you could get that will grow. And what you could do is you chip off a piece and you could sell those little pieces. Now, uh-huh. usually if you do it correctly, it's a break even. So those little pieces would be able to pay for the cost of growing the piece. So it's not like you're going to make money from it, but it's enough to pay for the expense of basically okay. a fun hobby. It's they still looking for a hobby.
3: It's the, it still fits
1: your investment thesis. Like I'm not gonna lose money. <laughs> yeah, I mean overall this thing is gonna lose money, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I could make some of it back. The monthly cost? How about that? The monthly cost of ownership could probably break even on that.
3: I don't know about you guys. I don't know how is it possible that a fish tank could be worth forty grand with
1: the glass made out of like coal, like diamond or like what's star the starfire star glass? It's one inch thick starfire rimless. So it doesn't have a brace around it because the glass is so thick and Starfire is the clearest glass that you could get. So the, so so the itself hard. is like eight grand. Stand is about a thousand. It's the equipment. You get a, like the lighting is like seven, eight oh. grand for the lighting. Oh, gosh. So it's yeah. like bulletproof
3: glass, basically.
1: Almost. <laughs> I wouldn't want to test it, but basically. Okay.
2: I don't get it, man. Like GT... Expensive watches, expensive furniture, a big pool, forty k on a fish tank, but thousand dollars on a fluid leaking car. Man, you lost he's me. He's not
1: letting you. He's not letting you go, Graham. He's not letting you go. All of those are va- like the car, that that holds its value. I'm not wherever. That's gonna that's gonna hold its value, so I don't lose any money on that. That's basically like money sitting in a savings account. The house that's going that up. That sounds in value. horrible though. Brand on the house. So the house I've made money. The furniture. Yeah. I mean, you could argue it's not going to be worth as much. A lot of that was recreations. I'm not buying like the restoration hardware version. I'm buying like the recreation of that. So it's not as expensive. Uh, so there is a cost in that, sure. But everything overall keeps its value. The car for $1,000, it's worth more than 1000 bucks, but it's going to keep its value. I'm not going to lose any money on that. The aquarium is the only thing that I'm going to buy that I'm going to lose money on. Hmm. I've acknowledged that. Everything else goes up in value, or at and least plus, stays the same.
0: When 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 you come to Vegas, Graham's going to let you drive that illustrious car around. Lucky you. Yeah, you're going to drive the fish tank. Like, it's everything.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. Lauren wants to move, for example. We actually just looked at a, it, it a slightly larger house that actually has a backyard, unlike what we have. And, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, my God. Lauren will just make me tear this to the studs and totally remodel it and spend all this money. And I'm like, A, I don't want the work. B, I don't want to spend the money. I want to put it all into stocks. Uh, and C, I'm too lazy. I don't want to deal with more crap. I just – I don't want to think – I don't even want to think that that car might have an oil leak or that it might break down. I want zero potential friction in my life. Like, when I come in here and one of my things doesn't work, it gets thrown, it breaks, and I buy a new one. Okay, no, I don't do that. <laughs> but like, I hate friction, <laughs> and, and that's it, like adding isn't stuff to my life. Real estate no isn't real estate
3: one of the biggest friction asset, like frictional assets, though. Like it's really sure. yeah.
2: But I, I've I've gotten to where it's so systematized where when we buy a rental property, it's the same ceiling fans, it's the same doorknobs, it's the same formula. It's so. Easy and everyone knows what to do. Like it's gotten to the point where, uh, like, uh, I was I was just talking about this this beach home that'll be an Airbnb. We're like, okay, what flooring are we gonna use? Well, there's no question. It's the one on the list. Okay, well, are we gonna tile the bathroom floors? Why would we do that? We can put linoleum in. <laughs> we already got a favorite one. Like, why would I spend more money and complicate p- making these choices? So that's that's just gotten automated out of out of practice. And so I've made that as frictionless as possible. Now I've gotten myself into mistakes like uh, like larger renovations or dealing with the city on development projects. That's being stupid. And, and that just reiterates why I don't want more friction in my life.
1: Kevin, what are you buying? I'm curious. What sort of house are you looking at? What price point? How many square feet?
2: Yeah, it's it's really just a minor upgrade from what we have. So we'd go from like 2400 square feet to maybe like 2900 square feet, which I mean I shouldn't say that's minor, but it's my relative, right? I mean, I bought this place for 600k. It's probably worth like 758 now or something like that. And uh I don't know, maybe we if we were in the same neighborhood, we'd buy something for like 1.1 or something like that. Hey. So not like a it's not a massive change. Uh, it wouldn't be uh,
0: massively more expensive. I just don't want to spend money on it. Hey, I'd rather not move. Everybody, everybody watching this right now, Um, flood us comments if you would like to see this done in person. And Kevin move to Vegas, so we could actually <laughs> do this show in person. And if it hits ten thousand thumbs up, we, we maybe Kevin can move to Vegas. Okay, just just flood us. Let Kevin know he needs to move to Vegas so we can do this in person because three of us are here. Only one guy missing, and we could do this in person
3: at an actual set. Oh my gosh! What? I think we should do live as we can with three of us, and and we should do it anyway. We could we put, put a TV, out of Kevin, sure. just
1: a TV screen on the chair, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, screen of Kevin's face. It's so great. <laughs> it,
2: yeah. he, it, you it know, it, there's there's probably not going to be any convincing to leave uh, leave Cali. Uh, I would love to, uh, you know, I, I don't really, I could do this from anywhere. It doesn't make a difference to me, but, uh, look, if you want the Mediterranean climate in California, which is a must have for Lauren, or I'm sorry, if you want the Mediterranean climate in the United States, you got one choice. The only choice you have is Southern California. That's it. Uh, and unfortunately (laughs) that that's a must have for Lauren and, uh, I don't want to lose Lauren so I'll pay the tax. Yeah, I'm curious
1: oh. for your house that you're buying. Why why is it worth it to move for only a few hundred extra square feet to go from 25 to 29? Wouldn't be worth it to stay where you are longer and get oh, something yeah. that's a substantial move up. Go 3500 square feet, 4000 square feet and grow into it. Yeah, I mean, look, I would love
2: that. I would look. I would love nothing more than to move to a gated community in, in Vegas and uh, or Texas or Florida. I don't care. I mean, I'd love to be around you guys. But the point is, I would love nothing more than that and have like, gosh, I could probably sell my house here and have a ten thousand square foot house. I could go to Idaho and probably have a a two a twenty thousand square foot house. You know, indoor pools, outdoor pools, I can have everything. Uh, but uh, I, I I don't I don't get that weather now. Why don't I do that here? Well, I want to do that here. Like, I would love to move to, let's say, Santa Barbara and just have mm. a, a, a house that I, I wouldn't even improve it that much. Just I would love to be able to walk outside of some large estate in in uh, Santa Barbara. And like, there's the ocean right there. Like, here's a massive backyard in the ocean. You know, these be- beautiful, like, vineyard style, Oprah Winfrey kind of things. Mm. Uh, but, but then what don't we get? We don't get... The, oh, kids, go run outside and play with all your friends outside because you have to get in the car to go play with your friends. You lose the community aspect. And that's the downside of (laughs) California. I say that. They're overrated. Lord wins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's a a challenge, you know, and we want to have six, seven kids. So we do want to be around. uh, That's a lot of uh, moving, Kevin.
1: it's six, Mm -hmm. seven kids, worth it to wait and get 5,000 square feet. Yeah, you know what? I think what we would love to do is honestly
2: just buy two houses next to each other in a yeah. really community friendly neighborhood, uh, and and then take down the fence. We could just illegally build a tunnel between them. You know, and there you go. And kind of reverse engineer what You want <laughs>
1: right. six, seven? Why so many kids? That's a lot. That's <laughs> oh my a gosh!
2: <laughs> yeah, I I love love children. Uh, I love the idea of. Uh, You know, these are like, oh, it just brings like tears to my eyes just thinking about it. These are like little lifelong friends that I feel like you you said like 98% certainty you always have. They're always on your side. Uh You could do business with them in the future. You could, you know, buy stocks with them in the future, whatever, right? Like, those are things I think. About. But, you know, I could play, uh, like, I... I just, I want a little army because I want it. I, why? I don't know. But I would rather spend money hiring people to help us with diapers and cleaning and stuff like that and have a smaller house but have an army of children. You should yeah. try it, man.
0: Kids are overrated. Agree, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey, know.
2: I'm excited by that. Uh, hey, I, no,
0: I, Kevin, you, you are good, man. Like, you know, I always remember when you play with Enzo, he always remembers Kevin as the guy that plays Nerf guns with him, man. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> I can see that.
1: I, can see I think that's the game about. Kevin really knows how to play is Nerf. Gun. <laughs> <laughs> when I go over to Kevin's house, he's like, "Yo, check out this Nerf gun I just got." And then Jack goes out. Is like, just start shooting the Nerf gun everywhere.
0: Do you own Hasbro yeah. stock, Kevin? Hasbro owns Nerf. <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, uh, but now you you might. know
2: Pandemic people are going to be spending less on stuff at home. You know.
0: Oh, oh there we go. <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh. Hey, should we should we uh like look at uh, the comments or anything uh before we wrap up tonight's yeah. video guys? Or- yeah, we yes, should. So All right, maybe Kevin, you're you're the master at that. Maybe you can get some up for us and we could end this out on, on some of these folks.
2: Okay. Uh yeah, let's ask some questions. Ask some questions and uh... We'll uh, we'll figure it out here. We'll we'll pick some questions here. Buy the stocks of things you you like and use. I mean, I, I love that argument. I think that's great. Honestly, part of me, I would be interested in buying a lucid solely as a almost a, a hedge against Tesla. Like constantly being aware of every little firmware update, you know? Mm, I could see that. Okay, here's a here's a relative question. I don't know, do we want to play relatively uh, relativity? Okay. But here you go. Here's a question up. You guys can decide.
1: For me, it was 26. 28. 31.
3: Get <laughs> 23. Out. Jesus. I'm like the old fart. <laughs> <Yeah. Wow>. 31. <laughs> I mean, you guys are like anomalies, though. Like in your 20s, do you realize like what subset of the population you are to have reached a million in your 20s? That's like unheard of. Even my age, like 31. I know that's. Yeah. Like- Terribly old to you, but that is still insanely young. Like,
0: absolutely, that's, that's true. I know it, it's, it's very privileged, man. I, I will say that it's, it's nice, yeah. but uh, it, it's crazy. Like, yeah, I don't know, man, it's just nuts. I, I think all of us were pretty much focused on investing, though. That's the big thing. Um, you know, not just like income, but investing because we all could have, you know, made a lot of money and then just blown it, but all of us actually invested our money and uh, sure. you know, climbed up there. So
1: during an incredible bull, uh, bull market, by the way. I think there are a lot of factors like I couldn't have done that if the real estate market kept going down. Right. I think for, for me, it was really all real estate. So it was seeing a lot of appreciation in 2011 to 2015, 16. That's what really pushed me over the edge was that if I was buying yeah, sure, into a market but- that was going down, Like, had I been a few years older buying in it at, like 2005 and six, and then writing it down, it would have been a different story.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm sure. Look, a lot of people get get jaded from those experiences too, like the the 2008. Uh, very commonly, when I hear people who are they're extremely vocal against real estate, usually it's because they got screwed in the past. You know, right, potentially right. like 2008. But look, you had the balls to go buy in 2012 or whenever you bought. Not everyone did, you know. Mm-hmm. So Graham, you got to give yourself credit there. You had the balls to do it. Other people. Are like, oh, 2012, 2013, why would I buy real estate? We're going into a double dip recession. You had the balls to do it. You know, it's kind of like oh. people are like, oh, Kevin, you just got lucky because of Tesla stock or whatever people say. It's like, I had the balls to keep buying it mm-hmm. on, on March 23rd of last year. You know, So you got to give yourself some credit there.
0: Yeah. Are you guys planning uh, to get the uh, Tesla beta full self driving if you can?
1: Probably. Yeah, I might be interested in that. Isn't that what we bought for like eight grand? Yes. Yeah. And then they
2: put the chip in it. Right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. They actually sent somebody to my house. So someone, I don't, I don't know if this is standard, but someone reached out to me from Tesla that saw one of my videos. and was like, dude, if there's anything you need, let me know. And email him. He's like, no problem. The next day, someone came to my house to to put in the chip the next day. I I, wish I had that. It was incredible. I, he, I, I asked him to get me the tequila, unfortunately. No go on that, on that. Yeah. but uh, but yeah, the tequila is the only thing that I really want. I wasn't. And
0: how how does Graham Stefan repay him by getting a Volvo? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, I'm the well, only one of you guys that doesn't have a Tesla. You should. You, you yeah. yeah. The amount of content you could make on a Tesla, it's like talking how about. about- <laughs> 100%. Graham,
2: I'll, I'll get you a bottle of Tesla tequila. <laughs> Thanks. I I just ordered two, so I'll send you one. Wait, wait, really? Yeah, the orders were open for nine minutes yesterday. Wait, what? Yeah. How'd you find it? I don't even remember where I found it, but it was open for like nine minutes, so I bought two. Uh, I should have bought more, but I I mean, I didn't think it would sell out that quickly. So I bought two. I was just going to put one behind me, like maybe where the Mario star is or whatever.
3: Yeah, I wanted to buy that in the flamethrower. I don't know why. I just want
1: to play for it. Yeah. That tequila was selling for like a thousand dollars instantaneously after it sold out on eBay. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even want to drink it. Nope. I just want to put it somewhere. as like a showpiece. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: All
1: right. What other questions do we have? Yeah. We
0: need some more questions here, Kevin. Oh, uh, we got yeah, to do uh, lightning round. We got, we got five minutes left in this live stream. Let's okay. do a lightning, lightning round. Lightning round. Rolls Royce. Do we care? Uh, no, but that's actually interesting. I'm gonna look into it. Uh,
2: okay uh okay, what's this? when will the video doing donuts in the GT40 be out Cramming. Yeah, not
1: doing that. <laughs> okay Never. for a
2: guess can you have uh, okay we, I'd love to bring some guests in at some
1: point. we can do that yeah, yes I, I think we should at some point bring in some guests.
2: asset or wealth tax. I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen. what do you guys think?
1: No, I made a video about it. Actually implementing that would be near impossible. I think it's more of a political move right now, but wow. I can't see it going into effect.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Graham, time for a collab with who's this? Oh, Stradman. Well, you already did a Stradman collab. Oh, another, another collab one, because
1: now I got the car. James had this car, so I was texting him before I got this car, asking him questions about what he thought of it, anything to look out for. He was a huge help in uh, helping me with this car.
2: When's your coffee business going to be announced?
1: Uh, Another month. We had a small issue going into it. I don't want to go into the details, but we're redoing some stuff, so we're going to be launching next month. Mm
2: Okay. Well, I that is the end of the (laughs) lightning round.
3: (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, All right, that was
2: fun, guys. Uh,
0: Cool. Hey, hey, if everybody uh, enjoyed this, don't forget to smash. Smash and smash for us. Help oh, us and out. and
1: subscribe. You got to subscribe. We got to get to 100,000 subscribers because once that happens, Jeremy is going and buying Bitcoin. That's been <laughs> from the very beginning. The been against it this entire time. We got to go and subscribe. Just subscribe. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything to subscribe. You're going to get notified every time we go live every week, every Tuesday at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> And Jeremy's going to buy Bitcoin. And let us know in the comments which what guests you like we want us to have. That would be great.
3: Yeah, that's
2: true too. Uh, And and then next time, we'll actually have the soundboard ready. So that way when we start the lightning round, we can properly... (laughs) Uh, Lightning round!
0: (laughs) Yes. Love it, it, man. All right, (laughs) right, we'll see y'all. Peace. Have a great one.